What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks, recording on a Sunday evening after the Bucks got done with a, a nice Sunday afternoon win at MSG. I'm a big fan of these early games, by the way. Giannis had a triple-double. This surprised me just looking at the box score. We're going to get into the performance from Giannis and a bunch of other players. Chris Milton starting to find uh, his touch as well. So a good day all around for the Bucks in New York as the road trip continues. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win see and hear me on this show daily and find my work over at ESPN and joining me from the Bucks Radio Network uh, as I mentioned in a good mood right now because he's got the night off until I hassled him to jump on this podcast uh, Justin Garcia and today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy as always we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day and for Milwaukee right now, Justin, things are just ticking along nicely. We know they had uh, a loss last week that was thrown in there, unexpected, but 18 and 10 on the season. They're only a game back as we record, probably about to be a game and a half back of Brooklyn if they handled Detroit. But the Bucks continue to roll here. And anytime you win at MSG, I don't know about you, but I enjoy these games a little bit extra. Even though the Knicks have stunk for my whole entire life, it's still it's still fun to see the the guys playing there at MSG. We've uh, yeah, and I think it's because we've seen some pretty incredible Giannis moments. Of exactly. course, the game winner right around this time in uh, what that was twenty seventeen, I believe. There was when he let when he leaped over Tim Hardaway Jr. and a couple of close games. He's now six and two. The Bucks are in games Giannis plays in in Madison Square Garden in their last eight trips, and I think that spans over three or four years ever since Bud arrived. Um, so we've had those kind of moments from Giannis. And today was just the, you, you mentioned it at the top of the show, the, oh, by the way, he got a triple-double. That it, it snuck up on all of us because he was hanging around nine rebounds for most of that fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden when the game ended, I remember looking at the box score and thinking, when did he get that 10th rebound? But nonetheless, his first triple-double of the season. So it kind of carries over of, yeah, Giannis does these special things. I looked at the numbers uh, in those eight games that he had averaged against the Knicks in those road games. And it was something like, you know, 27 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, two blocks around there where it was nothing eye popping, but it's just that quiet dominance that we've seen from him the last couple of years. And that's, that's kind of continued through this season as well, that you know, Giannis is, we're, we're reaching the point where I think we're going to head towards Giannis and Steph Curry, and those are the two guys for the remainder of the season that everybody's talking about for MVP, kind of similar to a couple of years ago when it was Giannis and James Harden. Yeah, no question. And also Jokic, I'll throw him in there. I mean, some of the lines that he's putting up are just absolutely absurd. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I I think he's just as good as he was a year ago, but 
it's going to be a tough sell if Denver's outside of the top three. And it looks like they're going to be a play-in tournament team probably because of the injuries. So I think that's going to make it tough for Jokic. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's remarkable that Denver have been able to be this competitive to this point. But I just pulled out the play-by-play. So as you were discussing this, because as the game went off the air, Marcus and uh, Lisa were discussing it and they thought that he had nine. I didn't think mm-hmm. that he had a triple-double until I was prepping for this show. And then I looked and I said, what? He did pick up that 10th rebound? The box score is telling me that with a minute 50 left, he picked up a rebound on a Kevin Knox three-point miss, which on this box score on the NBA app is telling me that was his 10th rebound. What about the radio broadcaster? Maybe Was there a discrepancy in the box score? What is going on here? No. So um, the box score that we use, I think you've seen it before, is it's the system that the league has set up that everybody can log into and, and see scores across the league in real time. And as we were looking through it, it felt like he was on nine for most of that quarter. Yeah. And it was kind of the same reaction that you had and what Marcus and Lisa described where, you know, as we're signing off and as Dave Kane is getting ready to hand it to me, he just kind of stumbles on it. And it's like, Oh, actually they've given Giannis 10 rebounds. And it was at that moment that you looked up and saw it. Holy cow. They did give him, when did that 10th rebound come? So yeah, he got the first triple double of the season, but it kind of feels like I wouldn't be surprised if the triple double is taken away at some point on Monday. No way. No way. Frank Madden, he'll be back on the podcast tomorrow for a post game show. And I would imagine that he is scouring the tape. He's scouring the film and uh, ready to lodge a protest if they try and take this rebound away from Giannis. But yeah, first, first of the season. And a lot of the times it's felt like he's been searching for those assists and we've seen it before. And it's always funny when Giannis goes in assist hunting mode. But I thought this was an interesting start to this game. You mentioned some of the big nights that he's had at Madison Square Garden in the past. I thought for the first six or seven minutes of this game, he looked like a guy that was trying to score 50. He really looked aggressive. He looked like he was trying to find his shot. He hit a a turnaround jump shot, uh, had some finishes close to the basket. And I thought this was going to be a night that he was going to try and take over from a scoring perspective. Yeah, and I mean... It's it kind of speaks to what we just said before about Giannis and you know what could be another MVP campaign and just what he's done against the Knicks, where it felt like that initially of you know, this could be another 40, this could be back-to-back 40-point games from Giannis, and then it kind of just settled into what we expect, where it's understated dominance. And that's kind of what we've seen from him all season. You know, when I was looking through the numbers to get ready for this game earlier today and talking about he scored 41 against the Rockets and wondering, yeah, I know he scored 40 before this season, but I think this was his second and looking through and seeing, nope, his fourth 40 point game that things like that pop up. And it's kind of like today too, where he does these things and he just does them so easily that we kind of, I wouldn't say undervalue it, but it just kind of slides under the radar of, Oh man, he's already had four of those games. And today he looked like he was going to dominate in the early minutes. Then he kind of, you know, drifted into what he did for the game. And Chris Middleton started to pick things up. Bobby Portis started to catch fire. And I believe the second quarter, but as you look back at the box score, it was kind of similar to what we said with the triple double and everything else where you're watching the game and you're saying, I know Giannis is making an impact on this game, but Oh wow. Yeah. He is already up to 20 points that he just has that ability to kind of lull you to sleep. And before you know it, you look up and you're like, wow. I mean, he had an incredible game, but it wasn't one of these, you know, like those other performances we described in the past where he is the story from start to finish. And I think that's really spoken to 
the type of player he is and what we've seen the last few years where this just becomes the standard and second nature. Yeah, we've seen before and we've discussed his struggles against Miami at times. Certainly last week, um, it wasn't his best game against the Heat there. But there are some times, and it used to be certainly far more prominent, in my opinion, that Giannis, if he got into a scoring mode and he missed a few shots early, then it might be hard for him to take a step back and, and look at the court and say, okay, how, how can I dominate this game in other ways? Certainly from a scoring perspective tonight, it wasn't the case. He, as, you, as you've sort of pointed to, around that 20-point mark um, for him is a quiet scoring night. But I think the thing that he did really well, and it started in the first quarter, and it was an ill-timed double team, from the New York defense. I think it might have been the rookie Grimes, who, by the way, we'll get to him. He was he was ridiculous. But he, he tried to double Giannis in the post, who was backing down uh, Nerland Noel at the time. Giannis is like, okay, well, I've, I've been trying to score here. I just knocked down a turnaround. This time I'm going to just find make the easy pass to Chris Milton, get him going. He knocked down the three. And I think we saw that uh, throughout the night, a couple of nice passes to Grayson Allen as well. So I think that it's, it's not perfect yet, and certainly against higher quality opposition, We've seen him do it, obviously, in the postseason. But Miami in particular, sometimes he does get in that mode where he seems to be fixated on trying to score. I thought tonight, just really patient, really good job of finding the other guys uh, if the double team came, if the triple team came. Yeah, and I mean, I saw, I forget who it was, but I saw somebody else point it out on Twitter, and it, it's its the biggest, yeah, obviously, moment. But that play or one of the plays you're referencing where the Knicks would try to double and get the ball out of his hands, I mean, you, you just see the strides that this team has made and how much Drew Holiday changes things because he was one of those guys making the extra pass. And if we go back to when Giannis really started to ascend. You can double-team him, and it's Chris Middleton that you got to worry about. So you'll double-team him, you over you overhelp to Chris, and then just say, we'll live with Eric Bledsoe or somebody else taking the shot. But now, with the way this team's assembled, and you have Drew Holiday and his ability to create, and even – this iteration of the team with Bobby Portis playing the way that he is and, and Grayson Allen, that it's just a team that is surrounded with guys that can make the shot and can make the extra pass and, and just can create that play, which is something, you know, Giannis played with it last year, obviously, but this year more than ever, it's on another level for the Bucks, And I think that's why you're seeing Giannis look even more comfortable. Yeah, and we're going to touch on Dante DiVincenzo in just a little bit here as well. Uh, I think exciting news for everyone. Everyone's been waiting to see when Dante would come back. Like most things injury-related with the Bucs, let's just say that there hasn't been too much info. We've kind of been in the dark and guessing when he was going to return, but it looks like uh, he'll be back in the middle of this week. We'll see him uh, play against the Pacers, I believe it is, at home. So that will be fun uh, for Dante to come back. But uh, you sort of just pointed to the fact that if you're playing the Bucks right now, they just have so many weapons on the F offensive end that it's hard for uh, the opposition defenses to keep track of, of where all the attacking options are, which kind of reminds me of if you're trying to sit down and watch a bunch of different things on TV and uh, direct TV stream can help you because uh, you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. It's like trying to defend the Milwaukee Bucks when you're trying to uh, keep track of all this stuff. So this is the simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together, direct TV, uh, direct TV stream. So there's no more juggling remotes. And no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn, learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required content varies by package.
so as, as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. And uh, I always mention our friends over at Locked On Packers as well. Do they play today? They played today, didn't they? they, do. they, they play, uh, yeah, it is. Um, they they play in a couple of minutes here. But I have we've reached the point in the season where I am the most casual of casual fans. That there's just too much going on with the Bucks gig and everything else that I I cannot possibly try to pretend that I'm informed on the Packers at this point in the schedule. Well, the good news is Peter Bukowski is. So go check out him after Lockdown Bucks, of course. Don't be listening to him first. We we stick with Lockdown Bucks, and then you can move to Lockdown Packers. I actually thought you were just – you got a, a yellow hoodie on there and a green hat. I didn't realize it was Packers. I thought it was just uh, Australia. I thought you were just repping Australia. So It was, it was my Delhi hoodie. I'm actually wearing Delhi shoes as well. Delhi got dunked on – he got sent into orbit yesterday. I don't know if our listeners caught this highlight yesterday. Uh, incredible stuff. Dally, whew, tough times for him. Dunked on. Mitch Creek, former NBA player, by the way. Spent some time uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. But let's get back to the Bucks. Chris Milton, you helped me out with this one because I saw a tweet uh, that you referenced in terms of his scoring. So Chris Milton tonight, 24 points, eight rebounds, four assists, couple of steals as well. Uh, still, still finding. The range, I think, from a shooting perspective, he had four. Uh, he was four for 11 from three. The last game out was the first time all season he had actually knocked down uh, five three-pointers in a game, which does sound a little bit funny. But I think the crazy thing about Chris Milton is that when I look at the box score tonight and see the 11 three-point attempts, I'm like, yeah, this guy should probably be doing that a little more often. He is a pretty low-volume shooter, and we know the reasons why. He likes to get into the mid-range. He, particularly in the last couple of years, he's become a... a Better at, at getting to the rack. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so someone will probably tell me I'm wrong there. But he certainly has tightened up the handle, become a better facilitator. It's always been the one question with Chris. Why doesn't he shoot more threes? But this has been a nice little scoring stretch he's on right now. Well, and you had to go and mention handle because now somebody's going to come after you for that as well. Well, actually, he had X amount of turnovers the last couple of games. Well, he does, uh, get, no, he does, get, he does get lazy with the ball, Justin. He, he I always does. say that when people – sometimes I get tweets and I say, is Chris going to tighten up his handle? And I say, well, I don't know. He's been like this guy for nine years. What do you want? What, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is who he is. He's not the turnover machine that I think half the internet would lead you to believe that he is. But, yes, it still leaves room for improvement. But this is also – um, you know, we we talked about kind of the understated play of Giannis, and that's it's kind of been like that for Chris recently. That it's seven straight games, and, and you know, this this really isn't much, especially when we just spent time talking about Giannis and what he's done. But seven straight games that Chris has scored twenty or more points—that's the longest streak of his career. It matches the longest streak of his career, and in these seven games, it seems like what he did tonight is basically consistently the stat line that he's been twenty-one points or so. The 24 that he scored today against the Knicks are the most he scored in that streak. It just seems like he's been consistently scoring 21 or 22 points for the last seven games. Um, but when you look at his numbers within this streak and uh, really in the last six weeks or so, they've started to increase. And in the beginning of the season, I think a lot of it was you didn't necessarily raise an eyebrow, but we looked at Chris's numbers and you thought, okay, I mean, even now for the season numbers on the whole, Still only 18 points a game that he's averaging. The field goal percentage in the low 40s, the three-point percentage is 35. And this is a guy for the last couple of years was consistently around 50, 40, 90. What we've seen in the month of December to, to coincide with the seven-game streak, it really kind of feels like, and, and he would never say this, but 
it does kind of seem like part of it was it was just a long year, not only the season and, and being compressed to play 72 games in a shorter window, but then the playoffs end. A couple of days later, you and Drew Holiday are on a flight to Tokyo. You're in the Olympics. Then you come back. You have a whirlwind off season. Then the new season starts just a couple of weeks later that it does kind of feel like we're starting to see Chris settle into the guy that he was in the second half of the season last year. And maybe it was just, you know, he needed his legs under him. He needed to kind of get back in the rhythm after such a weird off season and carry over from the previous season. So another guy that we should touch on, and you mentioned him already, Bobby Portis, who really is having a spectacular season. And, and we always talk to the def- defensive side of the ball because uh, we've become so accustomed with this team to taking the long approach and looking and saying, okay, well, how is this team going to match up in the postseason? Uh, that's going to continue to be a question mark from Bobby. But we should also appreciate what he's been able to do moving into this starting role, uh, becoming a, a really, really just consistent scorer. Now, he's always been that guy. There's no doubt about that. But I, I just honestly have so much fun watching him play. He seems to have this chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's probably the guy that always has a chip on his shoulder in every situation, but certainly with the Knicks. And I, I don't know what the Knicks did to him in that time when he was there. Clearly, that team sucked. Uh, he was in a difficult role. He spoke about it, how much enjoyment he gets out of being on a good team. He loves playing up to the crowd, so I think that that's just part of it, the fact that the, the Knicks fans are so vocal. Um, but just uh, another just really solid night, 19 points, 10 rebounds for him, 7 for 14 from the field. And the three-point percentage, again, I mean, it's just – it's just really hovering around that elite number that we questioned whether it was going to to maintain there. The volume has gone up a little bit. And it, I guess maybe it shouldn't surprise too much when you look at the shot attempts that he's taking. There was a couple of heat checks tonight, which, by the way, he deserved, particularly in that hot stretch in the second quarter. But ultimately, this guy just takes high-quality shots. Yeah, and I mean, part of that is when you're playing next to Giannis and Chris yeah. and, and Drew, you're going to get open looks and you're going to get clean looks. And that's what Bobby's done. So... He's kind of similar to Chris, too, where we talked about kind of watching early in the season and thinking, okay, when when is he going to start to look like the guy? And Bobby's already talked about this, that, you know, early in the season, it was a, a, a bit of an on-ramp process for him that he lost the entire training camp. He lost all the preseason and a couple of weeks into the regular season that on one of the home games during that five-game stretch, he had said, you know, I, I feel like I just now – have gotten my legs under me and I'm kind of back in the mode that I was a season ago because I didn't get that preseason. I didn't get training camp and everything else with the team that now I've kind of gotten to that place. And we've seen, you know, what he's done obviously with a bigger role with no Brooke Lopez, but that's kind of been the quiet theme for most of this team is okay. Now that they've gotten healthy and we've gotten the sample size of since mid November that they've been as healthy as they can be until Dante returns, we're starting to see more consistency from this team in the biggest areas, obviously rebounding and defense, but individual performances for guys like Bobby and Chris, you're starting to see those pick up. That's right around the time when we saw Drew Holiday start to piece together some of those 20 point games and look like the guy he was in the postseason as well. So it it just feels like it's been the story for this whole team is give us time, wait until we're healthy and then see what this team really is. And now we've seen really from November 17th on, they have the most wins in the NBA. They have the second best defensive rating in the NBA. And I know they haven't played the greatest offenses, but you still got to go out and execute. And, you know, that's what they've done. And, and the hope is that these can be springboards for when you do play better offenses, that these defensive practices can carry over. And Bobby too, by the way, this was his 10th double, double of the season. He had 12 all of last year. So 
being a starter obviously increases that, but you're certainly pleased with that. And he joked after the game too about uh, Giannis's triple double that he's never had one and pretty adamant that he never will have one because he <laughs> never gets that many assists. His career high is six assists. So at some point, can you imagine, Kane, what the atmosphere would be like inside of Pfizer Forum if Bobby Portis is sitting on nine assists with 10 or more rebounds and double-digit scoring and the crowd knows he just needs one more assist for his first career triple-double? I couldn't imagine, particularly if it happened in Milwaukee. The only thing that I can compare that would possibly bring more joy to a crowd of people would be a plate full of built Bars at Christmas lunch. That's the only thing that I can think of because this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. That's built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. It's high in protein, though. You know that. You can get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors. You have a hard time choosing uh, which one you want. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's just it's it's too difficult. I can't possibly come up with a decision myself, so I just get them all. Uh, so if you want to cozy up with something warm, here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. It's honestly about 95 degrees here in Australia, so that that's not what I'll be doing, but you guys can do that over there in Wisconsin. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor, plus you'll have a nice melty built bar to go with it be sure to have a couple napkins on hand if you're going to go down that path just go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order that's locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com and then jump across the betonline.ag which has you covered for all the seasons uh, props odds and lines more than ever before uh, particularly with football season as the road to the playoffs continue there bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing flavors uh, uh, sorry, oh, I've still got Pilt Bar in my mind. All the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. So we're going to get to Dante DiVincenzo here. Obviously, this news is big, and it's interesting to look at how this is going to uh, impact the rotation. Uh, defensively, I didn't have a lot to take from tonight, but again, I did mention Quentin Grimes, uh, 7 for 13 from 3. Kevin Knox was 5 for 12 from 3, so you get 12 triples um, from those guys. Derek Rose in the starting lineup, of course, he had an impact. He always does against the Bucks, but this really did feel like a game that the Bucks probably win by 30 if the Knicks didn't have, uh, particularly Quinn Grimes coming into the starting lineup, the rookie uh, going on an absolute heater, particularly there in the third quarter, which, by the way, I enjoyed watching, mostly because I didn't think there was a chance the Bucs were going to lose this game, and I was just curious to see how many uh, threes he could knock down. But I could imagine that Bucs fans were probably sitting there thinking, are we really doing this again? Is another random going to have this, this career night? Which he did, by the way. Um, but the Knicks obviously have been banged up a little bit by the health and safety protocols, which, by the way, uh, Wes Matthews missed this game for the same reason. Uh, we've been saying it for a little bit, Justin. You look around the league and it's just carnage right now when it comes to the virus and the health and safety protocols. This is the first real hint outside of what we've seen previously that it's it might impact the Bucs. We'll hope the next few days everyone stays healthy and, and this doesn't impact the team. But certainly it's been it's been a big factor. But... As we lead in to the Dante chat, how about a little 
tip of the hat to Rodney Hood. 14 points off the bench. A perfect shooting night. Uh, he picked up a couple of rebounds, three assists as well, but he was five for five from the field, two for two from three. Uh, hit a couple of free throws as well. Probably his best game as a buck, wasn't it? I shouldn't say probably, it was. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, definitely yeah. his uh, best game in a Bucks uniform and uh, no time like the present to put together your best game when, you know, Rodney Hood is probably the guy that's going to feel the pinch the most when Dante DiVincenzo comes back and you look at where the rotations could go. I mean, Jordan Warha got some minutes today. It's not like Dante DiVincenzo, you would think the way they've handled everything else is going to return on Wednesday and it's all systems go. He's playing 30 plus minutes. I think it's going to be a gradual working back in the mix. So, that's going to keep a little bit of the window open for Rodney Hood, especially with Wes Matthews out. Uh, but I think there was definitely some urgency there for Rodney Hood when you looked at things and, and how they're starting to develop and seeing guys, even like a Shemi Ojale, uh, his return pending too, and knowing, okay, there's a lot of wing depth on this team and there's a lot of bona fide guys they already have. There's one that's going to be coming back. Um the walls could start to cave in here if I don't do something to at least catch the attention. So that was nice to see, to see him put together a perfect night from the field. And I believe, I mean, this has to be his only double digit performance in a Bucks uniform. And sure enough, it is. Well, uh, speaking of guys that might get squeezed out of the rotation, poor old Javante Smart has been excellent uh, since he came into the team. George Hill uh, played 13 minutes tonight and, and Smart only got the, uh, the, the I the I don't even know what to call it. I mean, there's garbage time, and then there's like the last forty seconds uh, garbage time. He yeah. got the he got the ceremonial forty six seconds on the box score. They did pick up a rebound. Shout out to him. But yeah, this is going to be the question. I mean, you talk about there's just a lot of guys, and that's why the inclusion of Wesley Matthews onto the roster as well does complicate things for guys like Jordan Wara and and obviously Rodney Hood because when you're looking at what do they bring to the table that you think you might be able to need or what translates to playoff basketball? Again, I think we're still getting a feel for what Wesley Matthews can bring, but we've seen definitely little moments defensively where you're like, okay, yeah, he kind of still looks like the guy that he looked like two years ago. So we'll see how it pans out um, with Wes. But when you're Rodney Hood and you're kind of just pigeonholed into being a bit of a scorer, it's like, well, I don't know if the Bucks need that much scoring, which is what has been the issue for Jordan Wara as well. But Dante DiVincenzo is a guy that's going to play because he does a lot of different things. He's an excellent rebounder at the guard position. They can provide a little bit of uh, ball handling as well, uh, shooting, obviously, but defensively, he's so disruptive. So, I, I look, honestly, I'm not going to have super high expectation for him coming into the team. It's been such a long layoff. And more than anything, I just want him to be healthy, man. He's, he's had a really, really rough trot basically every year since he's come into the league. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't care if he comes back and for a month he's coming off the bench and he's playing like 15 minutes or something and they're taking it really extra cautiously with him. I'm, I'm fine with that because of everything you said there with what we've seen from him defensively and his ability to be a disruptor, unlike Drew Holiday and anybody else that they have out there, that the way he defends is just so much different. And, and for how much this team has talked about and coveted versatility, that's what's going to loom largest. And, it, you know, we talked about this last week or, or whenever one of the last times I was on too. You just look at this team and you look at that versatility and think about how they've stacked it through the years. But now to the point they're at where Dante can play and defend multiple positions. George Hill can do the same in the backcourt. Wesley Matthews 
is the closest to the P.J. Tucker replacement. He can't defend fives, but he can take on some fours, and he gives you some of that versatility. And Drew, that they've just assembled this roster full of that. And, you know, you mentioned defense, and that's what we've grown accustomed to really looking for because of how much Bud values it. But it's essentially that, that you look at these guys and the the positions they can defend and the versatility they bring. And that's, to me, what you're most excited about with Dante's return, because you've got more than enough offense with you know the inclusion of Grayson Allen, what Bobby's doing, but you need more guys that can take on multiple positions and give you some of that help there. And that's where Dante DiVincenzo has the ability to be the X factor for this team. Yeah, no question. It's going to be fun when he comes back in this game in a couple of days. And I guess we're going to continue to discuss it. Probably the big question is still in the big man department. Uh, let's just say a tough couple of nights for Boogie Cousins here. We'll leave it at that. We don't need to go into it too much. But yeah, tough times for him, particularly the the four fouls in four minutes. Um, I feel a bit bad for him sometimes. You can see he's frustrated. Well, only he one fall to... today, though, so much better. No, that's right. Hasn't found the range with the shot. You can see he's pushing. He wants to. He wants to do things right. He's trying to take these charges. Uh, I hope it starts to click with him in a little bit here. Yeah, and I mean, I know. I think on one of the shows I heard Frank has certainly talked about this too. But you know, we know what Boogie Cousins is, and we know there's going to be certain matchups that you can use him, and he's going to really fit what you want to do. I mean, think about his first couple of games in a Bucks uniform, those home games where he was showing the passing ability and there were just matchups that worked and he can play against these teams. There's going to be more where you look at and you say, okay, this is a tough draw. The Charlotte Hornets where they're going up and down and not playing with a traditional center. That's not going to be an easy boogie game to play, but still he's going to bring some value when you, we think go against teams like the Sixers and teams that do feature big man in the postseason. That's where that value is going to come. So whatever he can do to keep himself you know, in game shape and learning more and more of this system in the interim, fine, that there's going to be some of these types of games and stretches along the way. You just take those for that one game where Boogie Cousins makes that corner pass or he finds that guy in the post and he's able to kind of facilitate the offense out of the post. And you see, yeah, this is exactly what this guy brings to the team. All right. Make sure you guys check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Uh, you can find that daily as well on your feed. So check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Bucks and Celtics tomorrow. Justin, you're back in the office. 6.30. The road trip continues. 6.30 Central Time, that is that game. Uh, tips off and uh, difficult back-to-back. The Celtics have been struggling. There's no doubt about that. But they always play close games, the Bucks and the Celtics. So my bet would be this will be a close one, Justin. Yeah, we had a, it was overtime this year, right? In Boston. And then of course the Jason Tatum banked in game winner last year to start the season. I will say though, uh, when the, the road trip started, I kind of got the vibes in the pit of my stomach of, well, this always kind of happens around this time every year where you just have that stretch or that road trip where you think, how the heck did this happen? Um, it kind of felt like that's what we were headed towards when the Bucks did not play very well in Miami. And you looked ahead and you saw, the Houston Rockets aren't good, but they have the longest active win streak in the NBA. You got an 11 a.m. tip in New York. They never play well in early games that I was bracing myself for. This feels like it's the one and three road trip or worse. So for them to take the next two and be in a good position to make it a three and one road trip, I am more than happy with that. Yep. 18 and 10, as I mentioned, they were six and eight. Let's remember that. So uh, 12 of their last 14, they're in a good little run here, even uh, despite that loss uh, to Miami 
last week, but we'll wrap it up. We'll be back for the post-game pod for Bucks and Celtics. Hopefully the Bucks uh, make this a three-on-one road trip. That would be very nice. I'll see if I can drag Frank into a podcast tomorrow night, but we'll leave it there for Justin and myself. We'll catch you guys after the game tomorrow.